You're listening to a session of Come Celebrate, hosted by the Bay Christian Family Church. Um, this morning, um, the, the, the Lord has given me, it's not a new message, because uh, last year in about October, the Lord began to talk to me. Firstly, the Lord said to me, there's something that I want to reveal to you, and to do this, I want you to sow the biggest seed you have ever sown in your life. So then I was still thinking, you know, maybe, you know, it's a couple of thousands. And I heard the Lord say to me, I want you to give away a four-bedroom property together with the business in it. And that was several, I mean, it was over a million rand to do all of that. And so I went up to Lizzo, it was in a church service, and I leaned over and I said, Lizzo, um, you know, I'm hearing something about this property. And then she turned back to me and she said, it's a seed. I, I, you know, I've been, I had to go for two weeks to seek God. And she just says, like what, you know, mom say, you know, dad was saying about mom. She told me it's a seed. In that very service, I gave that property away to one of the people that was in the church that God said, give it away. And we did so. And um, after that, the Lord began to speak to me. And he says to me, to you, this shall be months of months. That was November and December. Then it says, 2022 to you shall be the beginning of years. It says, my people that are going to walk in my word and hear what I'm about to say, they are going to walk in a supernatural increase in their lives. I want to say to you, you are not here by coincidence. This is not just another service, another conference, another place where you came to. 2022, you are about to be restored, to be rebuilt, to be restored. You are about to break forth because there is something in the spirit that is taking place. And the Lord began to teach me. He said, I want you to learn from Revelation chapter 22. I'm not going to go into the word now because of time. He says, I want you to go to Revelation chapter 22. If you read from verse 1 to 2, it begins to talk about there was a river that was flowing from the, from the throne of God. But the part that he spoke to me about was the part where he says there was a tree of life. And that tree of life was producing 12 manner of fruit. In other words, it produces a particular fruit every month. And the Lord said to me, that fruit he produced, the leaves of that fruit, thereof were for healing of the nations. So the Lord said to me, I'm going to give you that 12 fruit. That is going to be the 12 messages I want you to preach month after month. And it's going to be the 12 fruit you're going to reproduce. As you produce that fruit, it's going to be for the healing of the people. The people will be healed in their money. They'll be healed in their relationships. They'll be healed in every area in their bodies as you minister these things. And as you hear it for what it is, and you take it and you use it. So the Lord began to talk to me about understanding the legal concepts of spiritual order. Understanding the legal concepts of spiritual order is the title of my message, but really the topic is the king's words, the king's words. Now, what is legal order? In the spirit, there is legal order. You can be a born-again child of God. You can come to church. You can love God. You can, you know, you can even be involved, but if you don't understand the concepts of the spirit, you will still be defeated yet loving God. Loving God is great. Don't stop that. But you're going to have to understand that. You're going to have to dig more in order for you to be able to say at the end of the year, truly 2022 for me has been a year of years. It's been a year of restoration. It's been a year of rebuilding. You're going to have to understand certain concepts in order to make it work. You know very well that, you know, you could, you could, you know, go to an agent and you could rent the most beautiful house and the agent gives you the key, and the keys are in your hands. If you don't use the key, guess where you are sleeping? 
outside. You can have the, the nicest house with the most beautiful bedrooms and the most beautiful kitchen, but without using the key, you will not be able to go into that particular property. Even though the property has got everything that you need, likewise, Jesus has given you everything you ever need. You need to understand spiritual keys so that you are able to open the doors that has already been made ready for you. Let me tell you, you don't have to work for your money no more. You don't have to work for your healing no more. It's been made available, but you're going to need key to access that which is already yours. Amen. So, so firstly, we're going to look at concept number one. Man was created to be king. Man was created to be king. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. I'm reading from the New Living Year. To be like us. And he says, let them, they will reign over the fish. I want you to take hold of the word reign. I like what Dad said. You know, Dad said, when I say dead, I mean Apostle Alan. All right? Because that's what, that's what spiritual is. So, so Dad said that each word that God speaks, he has got power in it. Amen. It's got power in it. So that word reign is so important. Now, I read it from the New Living because the, the KJV says dominion, but really it's the same thing. The word dominion is the Hebrew word rada, which means to rule or to reign. Right? So then God says, let them reign. Now, the word reign, I had to write this down when the Lord spoke to me, is the, re the word reign means to hold royal office. To reign is to hold a royal office or to rule as a monarch. So when God said, let them reign, he was actually saying, let them have a royal office and let them rule and reign as kings. Now I want you to understand this. I'm not just giving you this to shout that you are a king. I want you to understand the responsibility that comes with being king. I was watching, you know, I like to follow what's happening, you know, overseas there in Ukraine. And I saw that President Biden made a statement about Putin. And everybody's trying to grill him for that statement. Why? Because he is a leader. He's in charge. The words of a king are important. So you have been designed to be king, not just to shout about it, but because there's a responsibility that you carry. So concept number one, man has been created to be king. Say to your neighbor, you don't look like a king, but you are a king. Tell them, tell them take me for a royal lunch after this, you are a king. You've been, when you said royal lunch, somebody said, well, you are king. So therefore God created and said, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make men king. And as they are king, they are going to now be in charge. Concept two, there can only be one king per territory per time. Very important. There can only be one king per territory per time. So God makes a king. He says, he uses the word rather. He crowns them and he says, be king, have royal office. And when he does that, he steps out because there can only be one king per territory per time. You can't have two kings in the same territory. That is why Prince Charles has been really seeking God and praying, but the queen looks like she's going to live forever. As long as the queen is alive, and as long as the queen is there, Prince Charles can never become king. It will be impossible for him to become. He might be stronger. He might be more able-bodied. He might, you know, maybe even have better articulation. But he still cannot become king 
until the queen moves out of the way because there can only be one king per territory per time. Now, Genesis chapter 2 from, um, chapter two, from 2 to 3 says, and God on the seventh day, um, you know, God ended his work. Now, I want you to watch how it reads. It's very important. God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. How many of you know that's bad English? <laughs> I mean, if I wrote this, I would have said, and on the seventh, God, God created everything and he finished the work of creation. I could have written it like that. But yet the Holy Spirit puts, makes you go through all of this. And it says he ended his work, which he made, and he rested on the seventh day from his work, which he made. Why is he going, he made, and he made, and his work? Why is he saying that? Because if his is done, there is a he coming after him. That's why he says he's ending his work, but he never said the work of creation was finished. Because he knew that after the reigning king of heaven created, he moved out and finished his work. Now King Adam comes in to start his work. So King Adam steps in to start his work, and you know very well that the pulpit I'm using today, you know, was not created by God. Now, God created the raw material, but Adam created the whole thing. The chairs, the table, a table, right? A table is inside a tree. God, the king, created the tree, but when he moved out, Adam had to call the tree, the table, out of the tree. Now Adam is in charge. Now God moves out. And people have always asked me, you know, Pastor Wellington, God could have stopped all these problems if God just stopped Adam. No, God couldn't because as long as man is king, another king cannot overlap territory. That's why when you say stuff like, it's so bad, the country is going down, I don't know what I'm going to do, it looks like every year is the same to me, God can't do nothing about it because watch here, you are king. So in order for God to come in, he has to be allowed to come in. So when God put Adam in place, Adam now is king, Adam now is ruling, Adam now is in charge, Adam is, you know, is speaking words that he wants to speak. Now when the devil comes, tempts Adam, God could not send a karate or a crossfit angel. God could not send a karate angel. God had his, as mom said, God had a support system. He could not send the support system down. Because if he did that, it would be how Putin has gone into Ukraine. He wouldn't just come and infringe there. He had to be invited. So, so God watches, sees everything, but however Adam is king, he can decide whatever he wants to do. The same with you. You know very well that if you are a parent, your children are grown up, you decide to give them a house. And so, well, I'm going to give you this. It's going to be your house from today. And you gave them a property. You put it in their name. Then you came the following day. You saw them breaking down the garage. And you saw them moving the kitchen to the other side of the house. you got no more authority anymore in that house. You can't come and say, don't you dare. You, don't, you just watch and cry. 
because you don't have any more authority to and the power to stop them. Likewise, God could not come into Adam's space and say, Adam, thou shalt not eat the fruit. God, all God could do was to advise Adam, but it was his choice to take the advice. The word of God is full of advice for how your year can be restored. How your life can be restored. You're going to have to make a conscious choice and say, if I hear this word, I am going to do exactly what it says. Because you are going to be loving God like Adam and still not inherit the garden. Because you misunderstood a key. So then... We know that, you know, the, the God moves out of the decision, Adam is in charge. Somebody said to me the other day, how come there are so many, so much bad stuff happening in the world? Children are dying and, and you know, from, from, from hunger and, and, and you know, there are, there are people under the bridges with no place to stay. Do you know that is not God's fault? The guy under the bridge has got a philosophy. And God has been trying to reach him with the gospel. God has been trying to get to that guy, reach him. He even used organizations to give him blankets, give him clothes, to try and show him the goodness of God. But that man, by virtue of being king, he decides to sleep wherever he wants to sleep. So I've got words for you. You ate exactly what you wanted this morning. You are dressed in the clothes you exactly wanted to dress with this morning. And you are driving exactly what you needed to drive this morning. Now, don't get angry, but this is true because you are king. As a king, you have to go back home and begin to scrutinize and say, I am king. What have I been saying? All right. We don't want to go ahead here because there's something really that we need to talk about just um, at the end of the message. The king's words become the laws that govern his kingdom. Concept three. The king's words, you are the king. So when I say king, I don't want you to see the king of heaven. I want you to see the king of the earth, you and me. So the king's words become the laws that govern his kingdom. It's different from a democracy. In a democracy, all of us have to go to parliament. All of us have to pass the bill through parliament. But in a kingdom, whatever the king says becomes law. You are in a kingdom. If you say bad, if you say ugly, if you say it's not working, if you say it will never work, that becomes law that begins to rule your life, whether you like it or not. Now, this is very important. Listen carefully to this. When you confess in your room after, you know, you wake up in the morning, you, have, you do your prayer, and you take your Bible and you confess, you hear dead speaks, okay, well, let me confess. I'm the head and all the tail. I'm above all and never beneath. You came out of your room, did your confession for 15 minutes, did your prayer for another 30, you closed the door and you left and you went to work. You go to work in the coffee shop, you met a group of guys, and you started having regular conversations with them and talking about things. It's those regular conversations more than the confession that shapes your life. Therefore, your life follows your most dominant conversations. So if I pray and I say, God is good, I'm trusting God, but then I go to the coffee shop and I begin to say, I don't even know what we're going to do for money end of this month, man. I mean, things, things are tough, you know, things are tough. Anyway, this country is going down like any other African. That's now your speech. Your life begins to go the direction of your most dominant conversations. You are king. The deal is you have what you say, not what you mean. And I said, you have what you mean. He said, you have what you said. That's the deal. So you're going to have to learn that even as mom said, 
Your faith must be built up before you are in a problem. So you are training yourself how to speak. And you are training yourself how to decree. Because it's those words you have been speaking over all these years that become the sum total of the life you live. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 9 to 20. And God out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what... Um, you know, he would call them, and whatsoever Adam called them, every living creature, that was the name thereof. Watch here, God did not say God called the animals to Adam to see what Adam would name them. He called them to see what he would call them. Calling is bringing into being. So he's calling it his name. And that law of the king comes into place. If he said elephant to a lion, a lion would have become an elephant. He's calling them into what they're supposed to be. He's speaking and he's calling them. And he gave them names by, why does God go through the pain of saying that Adam called them their names? Why does he teach us that? It's not there for us to just have history information. It's to show us that as kings, whatever we call it, that will it be. I call the bank account empty. I call the bank account not good. I call the country going down. I call it ugly. I call it bad. I'm king, and I think I'm just angry, and I think I'm just venting. As I'm venting like that, as king, your words go into the angelic realm, and demons have to act on your words because they are fallen angels. So has God's angels. They have to act on your words. So when I decree bad, the Holy Ghost will be like, I don't know how to create this. Then the devil says, well, I know exactly how to do this. And you start getting, have you noticed that you are always getting what you're saying? When somebody says, geez, things I'm, I'm battling in life. Have you figured out they are actually battling? Why? Because they didn't know they created that when they say that. 2022 is going to be a good year. But what have you been saying from January about it? What have you been saying in February about it? What have you been saying this morning about it? Okay, nobody, I, I don't, people are not seeing me so I can say whatever I want to say. No, no, you are king. Even in the chambers of a king, those words can be taken by a bird and can be given to a king in his chair. See, when you speak even in secret, you are not just, words are tools, they are con spiritual. Con you are releasing a tool in the spirit versus communicating with somebody that you are meeting on the side of the road. The Lord said to me, you can shout, this is going to be a great year for you, but unless you know how to speak and become a student of the words, you will not realize what I already have for you because the, the words you speak is one of the fruit that the tree produced. And the speaking is for the healing of your life. You need to make a real conscious decision from today. I'm going to choose my words carefully, watchfully. Now, will you make a mistake? You might, but at least you know you did. Then there's a guy that doesn't even know he's making mistakes and he's creating and creating. So concept number three, the king's words become lost. Concept number four, kingly alliances are vital for territorial success. That's the last concept. Kingly alliances now. Someone said, what is that? God is in alliance with you. He is not enforcing himself on you. He's in a, the Holy Ghost 
is in alliance with a man. If you, if you accept him and you walk with him, you will receive the results. Now I want to show you something in this. This is what the Lord said to me. Let no corrupt communication. Let no corrupt communication. What is the subject of this story? Communication. That's the subject. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So the subject or the topic of this, what we're going to be reading now, has to do with communication and your mouth. Because it's important for you to understand uh, verse, um, verse 30. But that which is, it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. But it goes to verse 30, all of a sudden it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, how do you start a sentence with end? And grieve not. It looks like the Bible is full of bad English, but no, it's not. Okay, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. But the reason why he's talking about grieving the Holy Spirit, he first talked about corrupt communication. Then he goes and says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you were sealed in the day of redemption. Let no all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So he's talking here about your voice, he's talking here about the words, he's talking here about your speaking. That's what I want you to understand. Then he goes to say, invested, and grieve not. Now the Lord said to me, one of the greatest ways my people are grieving me and grieving the Holy Spirit is by their words. He says, because the Holy Spirit cannot act apart from your words. Now, he will quicken the word you have heard, but you need to speak it so he can create it. Because he is not king on earth. He can only walk by the words the king says. Even though he knows the word, he quickens it in you. You need to decree it out loud so that he can then go and create it and make it what it needs to be. We know that because in Genesis, um, if you read from Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was empty. You know that scripture, right? Empty and it was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And it goes on to say, and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. How many years did he move upon the waters? We don't know. But what we know is the Spirit from the beginning, this is verse 1 and 2. He moved upon the waters. He was just moving. Why was he moving? Because he could not act apart from words spoken by the king. He's waiting for God to say, let there be light. When he heard those words, he was given the tools necessary to create on planet Earth. But without those tools, he was just there moving on the waters. Take a bookkeeper, bring them. Well, I'm an accountant, so that's a bookkeeper. Take a bookkeeper, put them. We say, let's employ a bookkeeper at the Bay Christian Family Church. So bring a bookkeeper here. And we said, well, we want you to do our books. And then we give him an office, we, don't give, we give him an office, we don't give him a computer, we don't give him the accounting software, we don't give him the paperwork that he needs to look at. How many of you know that that bookkeeper is just going to be moving in that office like the Holy Ghost moved on the waters? He's just going to be moving, bored, so bored. He's moving, then we decide to give him a drill and a hammer. He's just moving, and a sandpaper. He doesn't know how to use these tools. He is moving around because he needs tools. The paperwork are his tools. The computer software is his tools. The, the different systems that you're going to put is his tools. He, he is looking for tools and he ain't got no tools. So he is basically moving. This is important. Most of us 
the Holy Ghost like he moved. Remember before you were born again, he moved on you. Why didn't you just get born again? Because some of you were in the club. Why couldn't you get born again in the club when you were dancing to your favorite beat? So you walked down the aisle, you came to church, then dad gave you words to speak. And dad said, say these words after me. Now, you were void, you were empty, and darkness was upon you, like in the beginning. But God did not have to speak for you. You needed, just like king of heaven, the king of earth, needed to give him words to say. So you walk down here, dad didn't say, I'll pray for you so you can be born again. Dad said, pray this prayer with me. What was he doing? He was giving you the words of the Holy Ghost. When you, the words were quickened and you prayed them, watch what happened. Let there be light. Suddenly, you're created anew and you became a brand new person. Give the Lord a shout and a head of praise in the house. Hallelujah. You got created and you became a new being. Watch this, because you gave him words. Now it says in Ephesians 4, he gets grieved. And grief is like, you know, when somebody passes away. Do you know what grieves him when you wake up in the morning and you be like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. You have released words that he can bless you with. He doesn't know how to give you, I have no money. He doesn't know how to give you, I am sad, I am sick, I don't know if I'm ever going to get healed. He has got no clue how to give you that. What is he going to do? He's going to go on the next to you and he's going to grieve like somebody has passed on because he knows he's holding all power, he's holding all anointing, he's holding all glory. He's ready to release that power over that situation and your year will never be the same and your week will never be the same and your days will never be the same and your family, he's just waiting on on you, but you're spending too much time speaking something else. And therefore, he is grieved because he loses his ability to give you what you need. Say, so guy gets to the altar and says, say, pray this prayer with me. And he says, Satan. <laughs> well, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to say the other word because, you know, my words are powerful. But he begins, instead of saying Jesus come, he uses the devil's word. And you pray something else other than what dad is giving. It's like giving a drill and giving a hammer to, um, to a bookkeeper. You are giving him the wrong tools. Words are tools. So you see, I've got no time to go into everything, but when you read um, Genesis from verse 1 all the way down, why doesn't God say, God said, let the earth be created, and it was. Because the Holy Ghost works as he's given each word. Light, expanse, be. Animals, be. Big light, be. Smaller lights to govern the night, be. He's giving him words and each word is being established as it's being given. So with you, when you give him all these little words every day, each word is either being established by the Holy Spirit or is being established by the enemy, by the dark side. Somebody said to me the other day, Pastor Wellington, you know, I speak the wrong words, but I go and I apologize to God. And I said, God is not your problem. He loves you. When you speak that, what you have done is you empower darkness. Even though God has already loved you and forgiven you, but when you speak, you have empowered darkness, a negative thing. 
It doesn't matter what it looks like, family. Because some of you are already in March and wondering, the word was spoken to us about restoration. Listen, go watch what you've been saying for the last few months. You can track exactly where you are. You can track. Your words are a tracker. You can actually track because these are weapons. These are tools. These are creating. These are releasing. Even when it's dark, you don't go. God went and said, Jesus, to the Holy Ghost and to, to Jesus. Jesus, it's dark out there, man. Wow, look at our dark. What are we going to do? No, God saw darkness and said, light. Somebody here, say, money. money. Come to me. Well, at least you say that for the first time this year. Say, healing. healing. Come to me. Thank you for listening to this session of Come Celebrate. We hope you enjoyed.